Now I take day by day and stage by stage and step by step. Hey podcast listener, you're listening to the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast. The weekly podcast where we discuss all the issues that cyclists talk about. Whether you're out training, commuting or just riding around, sit down and listen in because we're about to begin. I got something to say, man. Yo-ho! Welcome to episode 55 of the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, where we believe that only a semi-pro cyclist rides for love and not money. If you stick around to the end, I'll fill you in on the quote from the top of the show and let you know who takes it day by day, stage by stage, and step by step. Hey there, semi-pros. My name is Damien Roos. I'm the founder of Semi-Pro Cycling, home of the Semi-Pro Cyclist, and a couple of great reviews have come in this week. The cycling podcast by ben od from the uk semi-pro cycling podcast is certainly worth a listen i started listening to the aussies advice a few months back and have now worked my way through the full catalog as a rider who trains and races with the club started racing this year the insights advice and tips are exactly what i need the subjects kept fresh with guest interviews a smattering of news but really getting into the detail of life on the bike that's training racing recovery products massage etc most importantly it asks the right questions. With time, this podcast will become a valuable resource for all semi-pros. Keep up the good work. Ben, thanks for dropping that review. That is huge. And wow, wow. You really do flatter me. The second one, fantastic. Five stars by K Vaughn98926 from the US. Where has this been all my life? Really great content through and through. I really appreciate the in-depth interviews about all the aspects of being a racer that can be so confusing sometimes. This is definitely worth your time and will properly applied make you a better cyclist. K Vaughn, Again, wow, thank you very much for taking the time to do that. If you like the show, I would absolutely love it if you did like these fine folks and dropped an interview in iTunes. It really, really does mean everything to me. So the news this week, and well... It's a little light on. Well, it's not really a little light on. There are lots and lots of stories floating around, but most of it's scandal, and personally, I'm just not willing to spread it any further. It's not that I'm taking the high road on this, because I have read all the articles. It's just I don't feel that this is the place, and Semi-Pro Cycling is not the podcast to discuss this stuff on. All I want to discuss is results and information on how to improve your performance on the bike, but... There are a couple of interesting results from the Tour of Poland. And what can you say? Torhushov gets up for the wind. Tor! After his troll-esque Instagram picture that he put on the first day of the tour, basically saying that a year without the tour is not a year at all. I'm sure he was pretty motivated to come out in the Tour of Poland and show everyone what he's got, especially his bosses, and probably a little dig at everyone that has written him off this year, which does include me. Also, Taylor Finney has made road win number one. Exciting stuff for Finney. The future is definitely definitely bright. This is his breakthrough, his number one win as a pro. It's pretty exciting stuff. I guess this BMC team bus was a little eager to please after the dismal tour performance. Alrighty, so the nuts and bolts this week. Perfect pressure. Your guide to optimal tyre pressure for every surface and situation. That is a massive claim. My disclaimer, it's only for clinches. Perfect pressure. 
You already know there are a bunch of options out there when it comes to talking bike tires, so I've decided to narrow it down and talk about road bikes and focus solely on road clinches. I really believe this covers the majority of competitive cyclists. If you don't race on them, then at least you're going to be training on them. Singulars, tubulars, whatever you call them, maybe next time. But an interesting note, though, is I really feel this momentum of a slow shift towards clinches in the tubulous format. And while the holdup is mainly due to rim technology and the weight of the hooks, tubeless will make its move, which I believe can only be better for semi-pros for a whole stack of reasons, namely not having to fiddle around with gluing on tubs yourself. But we'll see if this technology moves into the pro peloton because tradition is one hard nut to crack when it comes to the pro peloton. But let's get back to the topic of the day, which is tire pressure. It is a little underrated, if you ask me, and if you're anything like me, a little neglected, but it really is a crucial component to getting the most out of your bike. And there's a whole bunch of different variables that go into figuring out what your ideal pressure should be for any given situation. So personal taste is a large factor here. But as a starting point, I thought it would be handy to go through six, yes, six things to consider when searching for the holy grail of pressures that will make Dead roads turn into hot mix, and hot mix seem like you're flying. I know that doesn't really work, but you get the picture. So let's get moving with six things to consider when searching for perfect pressure. Number one, rider weight. How a tire performs at a given pressure is relative to the rider's weight. For me, this is the number one consideration when deciding what pressure to run. Just pumping a tire up based solely on the sidewall recommendation doesn't account for your weight. Most tire companies have a chart available so you can see on a sliding scale depending on your weight what the pressure should be. It's really an easy search. I'll put a Michelin chart up on the post page, but just start with your brand and pressure chart or guide and you will probably come to the right place. An interesting thing to note is that many of the variables that go into figuring out the ideal pressure range are completely out of the control of the manufacturer, causing them to err on the side of caution, much like lawyer tabs on forks, and it's not the performance aspect that has the final say. But the maximum pressure set for a tyre is not the pressure at which it will burst. It's really more about the rim being able to withstand the pressure, and because not all bike rims are created equal, it's safer for companies to set conservative figures in this regard. So this doesn't mean that I've let you in on a little secret and you can go out and pump your tires up to 200 PSI, I'd still be careful because in the case of wheels and tires coming down hills, rolling off, and whatever it is, if you're hitting a corner at speed, it is very dangerous and you're fucking with something pretty serious when it comes to this. But besides that, there really is no benefit to running 200 PSI anyway. I will get into that in a bit, but really the only place suited for maximum tire pressure is a wooden velodrome. Looking at the Michelin Tire Pressure Guide, the minimum PSI for 23mm tires is 87 PSI. This is for riders below 50 kilos or 110 pounds and it moves up on a sliding scale up to a maximum tire pressure which is based on riders equal to or over 80 kilos or 176 pounds where the pressure tops out at 116 psi it's not 
very clear to say it's right in front of me and I'm just looking at it so it's easier. So you'll have to check it out so you can see for yourself. But pretty much you've got two starting points there without even thinking about it. If you weigh 50 kilos or less or 80 kilos more, then you've got those pressures to start at. So this is the idea I'm going to run through and we're going to eliminate pressure based on certain situations and based on certain tire volumes, etc. So match your chart to the weight, pump your tires up. This is our starting point. And number two now, tire volume. Tire volume and pressure. The feel of the tire on the road is based on the pressure, but only a larger tire enables you to drop the PSI and still avoid pinch flats. So this could be part of the reason you've seen pros go from 21 millimeters to 23 millimeters and now to 20 millimeter tires only in the last few seasons. Of course, it could just be marketing and spin, but there is a benefit to lower pressures on road bikes. And if we revisit the Michelin tire pressure guide, it indicates that a lower PSI is achievable by switching to a 25 millimeter tire. So we're talking 73 PSI compared to 87 PSI at the minimum range and the maximum 102 versus 116. So it must be a disadvantage, right? Well, the whole pro peloton is going that way, even though there are sponsorship factors to take into consideration. There must be some reasons that the sponsors are moving that way. And before I go any further, I have to dispel the myth about higher pressure, about the higher the pressure, the less the rolling resistance. This seems like it's crept into the mind of a lot of cyclists out there, including myself at a certain time. And Everyone that accepts it seems to accept it without questioning it. But the issue, though, is it's not true because rolling resistance only marginally increases from, say, 80 PSI to 115 PSI. So keep that in mind and don't let that creep in as a factor to decide whether you're going to pump up your tires or you're going to let them down. So the supposed advantages of a 25mm tire have little to do with rolling resistance. Two of the advantages... Well, the first one being more comfortable, a wider tire, a little bit more flexibility and bounce. And the second one is having greater traction. So having a greater footprint on the actual road, which means you can hook into corners a lot more. I don't have any experience when it comes to riding 25 millimeters. So do you ride 25s and can you tell the difference? I'm actually really interested to know because the whole road cycling product world will probably be moving in this direction soon and you won't be able to avoid it. But for people that have jumped the gun and have tried these out, I'm super interested to know the difference. So the volume of your tire plays an important role in dictating your potential pressure range. But again, pump your tires up to the recommended pressure range depending on what tire you have. And let's look at how road surface can change your pressure requirements. So number three, road surface. What are the roads like? Granted, there really aren't many road surfaces, so it shouldn't be so difficult to decide, but it still is an important factor because you've got Pave or Strada Bianche. I didn't get that right. I know it. But potholes, debris, hot mix, you name it, it will be there at one time or another when you're riding on the road. There are variations of these. There are, there are races on one type. So this is another adjustment that needs to be made. So you have to adjust to the lowest pressure based on the roughest surface. 
the general rule here is the rougher the road, the lower the pressure. Of course, you want to avoid pinch flats as well. So start at probably around 10% and test that out. Just basically mean you'll have a smoother ride because your tire will be allowed to absorb any of those rough bumps in the road. And that will also help when you're cornering because more rubber will actually stay on the road. So number four, riding style. How you ride is as important as where you ride. Maybe it's not as important in road riding as it would be in mountain biking because picking lines and whether you go over things or you jump them certainly does make a difference. But it does play a role in the rough stuff especially. So do you gracefully bunny hop over potholes or do you smash through them? The more aggressive your style, the more likely it is that you'll need to run a bit more pressure. So maybe, depending on how rough you are, you're going to have to pump up your tires just a fraction and we can then move on to number five. And number five is rim width. So this plays a crucial role in determining how low you can go without sacrificing performance. A wide rim does a better job of supporting a tire than a narrow one. For any given tire size, a wider rim will allow you to run a lower pressure without the tire squirming and folding underneath you. So like I spoke about with tires, we are seeing a trend unfolding right now, wider rims. And I'm really not certain, but I think it's the wheel companies that are driving the wider revolution. Enabling wider tires and lower pressures like we spoke about. So no need to make any adjustments here because we've already accounted for wider tires. Moreover though, as I spoke about earlier, all rims are not created equal and dictate the maximums placed on tires. It's also important to note that rims also change over time. As the brake surface wears, the thinning sidewall loses the ability to hold the clincher. I'd be checking this on the regular. I have ridden on a cracked carbon wheel and I didn't even know it. It wasn't until I was selling it. Somebody was giving it a careful once over and noticed a nasty crack. I got to say, absolute danger when it comes to this stuff, especially when it comes to carbon rims, because the maximum pressure in the tire may be way overclaimed the max that your rims can handle. So the final one, number six, Weather conditions. Really, the only adverse conditions that we get in road riding is wet weather. You know, it comes in a whole bunch of different forms, snow, hail, rain, flooding, whatever it is, you're going to have to make an adjustment to help you with your grip. Here, again, less air is better than more. So let some out and test it. And I am being vague here on purpose because as soon as we start getting down the line, we start to reach the lower limit of your pressure range, especially if you're a light rider and if you weigh 50 kilos and you started at 87, you had no room to move to begin with. I was aware of this. I was just trying to get you through the episode. But what you can do if you are super light and you run the minimum recommended pressure as it is, I've got to say other than moving to a larger tire, if you are on one, then the only advice I can give you is try going lower until you start getting pinch flats. The only real disadvantage of running lower pressures is the extra wear it places on the sidewalls of your tires. So if you can handle that, then I would go for it. But I would do it very, very slowly. So I would do like one or two PSI at a time. I know it's painful, but it really is slightly playing with danger, but I do believe it's possible to run them a little bit lower. Also, 
On a side note, sticking with the weather theme, it's worth mentioning that fluctuations in pressure can occur due to different temperatures. If you see F1, they know all about temperatures. They know all about warming up tires before they start when they're actually racing and then if it cools down and they have to change to a different compound. There are a few different factors that can change the temperature of the actual tire and tube that you're running. The first one is hot rims from braking. This is a plus for the discs that are starting to appear on road bikes, but hot rims for braking, they can definitely increase the temperature. But as a general rule, if we're talking decreasing, for each 10 degrees in Fahrenheit drop, or roughly 5 degrees in centigrade, your tire pressure drops about 2%. So if the temperature dips from 90 degrees Fahrenheit to 60 degrees Fahrenheit, which is around 32C to 15C, your road tires will drop from, say, 100 PSI to 94 PSI. That's a pretty drastic drop. But in some ways, if you're right on the edge, then that percentage could actually make a difference to your performance when you are in a technical criterion, for example. So it's something to keep in mind. There's no real way to adjust for it on the fly or even really prepare for it before a race, but it is handy to know. So at least if it's been a cold night before a race or it's been a hot afternoon between races, you know to either let air out or pump your tires up. So wrap up and final notes. After all of that, you should have a really solid starting point to go out and test. Remember, don't be afraid of higher rolling resistance when running lower tire pressures. Be more afraid of your rims wearing down and your rim and tire exploding. I kid, I kid, I kid. But in all seriousness, this is a really good starting point and you're going to have to go up and down depending on different situations of different races. I'm sure you get a little lazy when it comes to training and you just check them once or twice a week. But when it comes to racing, getting it dialed in and having it set so you know under what conditions, what PSIs you should be using will give your mental space a little bit of room to breathe when it comes to preparing for the big event on the day of the big event. But while we are on the subject of pumping up tires, this is not really related, but do you keep the valve cap and washer screw thingy on your tubes when they're on your bike? I've personally never kept them on there. I feel that it's just easier dealing with flats that way and I don't have to worry about unscrewing anything or whatever. I just throw them away as soon as I get the spare tube. But I found something that might change my mind on the valve cap front though. If you ride without valve caps, dirt can get inside the valve and even the tube. I've just been recently made aware of this. I'm not 100% guaranteeing that this is the case. I haven't even checked it out for myself. But but as soon as dirt goes in or any small debris or whatever it is, it could be even the talcum powder that you're using to get the tubes in in the first place. But once it goes into the tube and you have some air escaping out of the valve, it's going to get stuck between the valve's sealing surfaces. So then this can mean that your tire actually loses pressure because your valve isn't sealing properly. It's a pretty interesting problem, and I don't know if you've ever had a mysterious tube that just seems to deflate with no explanation. This may be one reason. And so the only way to get rid of it is kind of inflating the max pressure and deflating quickly a few times to try and get it out of there. If that doesn't work, though, basically you're screwed and you have to get a new tube. I'm going to check it out on my bike to see if this is a legit problem and I'll report back to you. 
Okay, so the tech hacks and products section. This week, it's a way to measure your weight distribution from front to back. I haven't mentioned it yet, but this is the seventh consideration when it comes to getting your optimal tire pressure weight distribution. Effectively, the difference in pressure from the front to the back of your bike. Do you account for this already? What percentage difference do you run? There's a lot of noise out there regarding the standard weight distribution of a bike and a rider. Some say 50-50, 60-40, 70-30. And personally, I have to say, I have no idea. So, how do you measure it? Well, that's what the hack is this week. It's pretty hard to guess without any experiences in this area. So I've pinched a way to measure your weight distribution from Leonard Zinn, the great Leonard Zinn. And even if you just do it once, you'll have a better understanding when you make a final tweak to your tire pressure. So step one, put a bathroom scale under one wheel and a wood block of the same thickness as the scale under the other wheel. Step two, weigh yourself standing on the scale while lifting the bike off the ground. Step three, sit on the bike perched on the scale and block and hold yourself up by touching an elbow against the wall. Have somebody else read the scale reading. Note this down. Step four, as a double check, turn the bike around so the wheel on the scale is on the block and you are reversed. Take the measurement down again. Step five, calculate. Take your weight from step two and work out the percentage using the figure from step three or four. One will do because you just minus off the other and there you have your your real weight distribution. So this is going to give you an idea of where your weight sits on the bike, but how will it affect your final pressure in your tires. Drop, it will be clear that 60% of your weight will be distributed to the rear of your bike. 60% plus, that is depending on how your setup is. So dropping the pressure at the front wheel because it holds less weight, but by how much? You could get exact numbers by using the numbers that you just noted down and fiddling around with it, or you could just use the Vitora Tires app, which takes all of this into consideration. It's kind of a cheat thing, and I guess doing the measurement for your bike is for the keen and the curious, but either way, it's going to come down to personal preference from testing, 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 testing. But for this step, You want to reduce the tire pressure in your front tire. Now, let's get to that quote from the top of the show. It's Thomas Vokler. After watching him ride in the flesh on stage 20, I can definitely confirm he is 100% show pony and he absolutely loves the crowds. In the middle of a hill with no TV cameras on him, he was still showing off, doing his style with tongue out, off the saddle. You know how it goes. You definitely can't say that he doesn't win races, but personally, I am not a fan. But anyway, that is it. So till next week, get on your bike and enjoy the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into. 